Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. This morning I'll be uh, continuing our series on the importance of mental health. And we're going to be having a wonderful discussion, and you're going to hear an impactful story from a good friend, Daniel Cable. We'll do that after we return. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Lifespan Family Services provides foster care and adoption services. What is adoption? It's either accepting a child from the foster care system to become your permanent child forever, or perhaps a private adoption where a family may not be able to care for their children and they let you become their permanent parent. LifespanFamilyServices.com, building families through adoption and foster care. Call us today, LifespanFamilyServices.com. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Uh, we're going to have a very serious discussion this morning uh, with my friend Daniel Cable, who is a mental health advocate in our community. Uh, Daniel Cable, welcome to Contact. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. I know uh, we've had you on before and you've joined us in other discussions, but today's discussion will be a little different. Um, I want to hear why first, we're going to hear about your story, but I want to hear why you'd like to share your story with us. Well, uh, a few months ago, again, our community was uh, impacted by an individual who died by suicide, death by suicide. And I remember when that occurred and uh, looking at this individual, figuring they had this ideal life, and we don't always know what's going on. And I reached out to you and said, Michael, I'd love to come on and give a little bit about my story. I'm a two-time attempt survivor. And uh, just how a death by suicide impacts our community and things that we can do. And just to sharing a little bit about what led me down that way. Yeah, no, I think uh, what you've already said is so true. And there has been huge impacts to our community anytime community member that we all know takes their life, right? Uh, we obviously miss them immediately. We wonder why. We wonder if we could have stopped it or helped it. Um, so I appreciate you uh, coming on and opening up about this. Um, of course. I, I want to turn it over to you, though, just to tell us, start telling us about uh, your story, Daniel. Absolutely. I, 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 will, I will start, though, first with a little statistic. In, in 2021, we had uh, 19 deaths by suicide in Clearfield County alone. But one thing we're not getting is uh, there's much more than that going on. The, the statistics are realistically much higher, and a lot of that is due to family not disclosing actual cause of death. We have religion that ties into that. And we also, if we look at overdoses, a lot of the overdoses are actual deaths by suicide in our community. So when we're looking at the most recent statistic of 2021 with 19 deaths by suicide, realistically, that statistic is much higher. And uh, it would be wonderful if we could have uh, more disclosure with that. I, I feel that if the statistic was shown that it is much higher, it could probably positively impact our communities to make more of a change and uh, more of a recognition of what exactly is going on. Yeah, and I do think um, it's somewhat of an epidemic around the nation. Am I right about that? Of it course. seems to be a it little is. Uh, 
extremely high while not necessarily, I want to be careful how I say this, but not necessarily getting the full attention of the American people. No, it's not. I mean, there's still a stigma with, with suicide, with mental health. I mean, and, and how, do you, how do you overcome that stigma? Again, I've always uh, stated over the, my, my term as, uh, as being an advocate is, you know, we just need to educate our communities. And with that education provides healthier communities. And it doesn't, that's the only way to do it is to continue to uh, have, be on the radio, talk about it, uh, right. host wellness events. Uh, have people speak in, in our community and stand up and say, hey, this is what's really going on. And it, nothing's going to change unless the voices are heard. Right. And I know there are a lot of people. One reason I wanted to have you on to share your story is there are people, as you and I are talking right now, who are having thoughts, who are going through struggles, um, that maybe they don't want to be with us anymore, that they do want to hurt themselves. So I'm yes. hopeful we can just jump into your story and... Uh, share how you overcame those thoughts and things going on in your life. Yes. So as I stated, I'm a two-time attempt survivor. My last attempt was November of 2009. What led to that? I, I want to go back to my childhood. There were three traumatic events in my childhood that really dictated a significant portion of my life. Uh, between the ages of three and four, I was uh, abused by a couple who were babysitting me. Uh, between the ages of nine and 11, I was sexually abused by two older peers, and at age 11, my mother died by uh, various health complications, including multiple sclerosis. So with those events, that led to years of uh, rehabs, psychiatric facilities, uh, DUIs, public drunkennesses, a uh, little bit of time in county jail, uh, struggles with mental health, including depression, anxiety, substance use disorder, which led to alcohol, primarily alcoholism. Yeah, I want to, I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm processing what you're saying to us. So uh, can you go like deeper into that? Like what made you want to think about uh, taking your life and that fateful day? Obviously you didn't do it, which we thank God for, but how did you get there and how do you think you uh, got out of that situation? Of course. Yeah. So at the time I was living in Belfont, Pennsylvania, and again, I had my struggles with my mental health, uh, my alcoholism. At the time, I just had my two oldest children, which was an estranged relationship with them. And I, I wasn't working at the time just hopeless and helpless as they as one often says and when they're when they're struggling with their mental health and and addiction you're you're helpless you're hopeless and i remember sitting in that apartment uh that morning the night before i was out at the bar uh the belligerent alcoholic that i was had gotten into a fist fight uh come home that morning i'm sitting there and thinking this is it. Uh, it was all or nothing, I suppose, that at that time my mind frame was, if something bad happened, it was the end of everything. There was no going back. And it, it just reached a point where I was alone. I felt alone. Uh, my, my children, my two oldest children were not there. Uh, no positive supports, no resources that I was utilizing. 
And I remember just going to my kitchen and partaking in the act. Uh, I'm grateful that my landlord uh, had seen me that morning and had seen me with uh, a black eye. <laughs> and she ended up, I was on probation at the time for some uh, DUIs. And she had seen that black eye and she ended up calling probation. So probation had come to my door. They'd gotten in and they'd gotten me to the hospital. And I remember waking up in the, the ER and the doctor standing over me at that time and said, uh, you know, something greater than you and I is why you're here right now. Mm. Yeah, no, keep going with that. That's <laughs> a really interesting comment. But it didn't... It, it, <sighs> I mean, that was 09, and, and I remember I, I woke up, and I continued. I stayed in, they put me in the psychiatric unit for a few weeks, and then I went into this long-term rehabilitation for six months. Uh, my, my final month, couple of months, was at a halfway house, and then I went into sober living. But that really wasn't my change. I, I didn't make the, I, I started to feel that there was a change, but I ended up, again, connecting with the wrong people and I'm right back where I was as far as using again. I didn't find uh, that redemption that where I let everything go until about a decade ago is when I said that's enough and I didn't I didn't look back at that point. I, I remember as we had spoken this morning, I had uh, again another night at the bar, a Saturday night, belligerent drunk I come into work that morning with uh, the co-worker that had gone to the bar with me he told me what exactly happened and I said I'm done I don't want to do this anymore I'm, I'm exhausted mentally and physically and I didn't look back I did it uh, you know some people will utilize NAAA I just said I just did it on my own but I also had positive supports too I, I utilized peer support at that time I utilized case management and just had people that were there for me. And that's, that's so important that you have these positive supports in your life and, and utilize the resources that are available in your community. Yeah, I, I definitely want to dive deeper into that. But first, let's, let's talk about what your mindset was when you were using and what was going on like was it just hiding from your past or your past bothered you can you go sure i mean a lot of it was shame i mean especially when you're looking at abuse mm -hmm. uh there's there's always shame that comes along with that and for years i felt different as they say if you are abused when you in life you usually have this sense of feeling different uh the shame uh guilt uh, just feeling worthless most of my life. And really, I had, I had a good upbringing. I mean, I had people that my caregivers tried. Uh, and there's no animosity, but they failed. They, they did fail as caregivers for me, but they tried. They just didn't. The, the situations that I was in, uh, the, the, the people that were raising me, you know, they, they gave it their best, but... In the end, it, it just wasn't enough, unfortunately. Um, but that's, yeah, those are the feelings that I had most of my life. And how do I deal with those emotions? I drank. Right. And I was uh, very, uh, 
promiscuous throughout life too, uh, putting myself in situations uh, very unhealthy, sex practices. Sure. Uh, it, it was just a, a mess. It was dark. It was lonely. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful that I, that I came out of it. Uh, according to the statistics, I should be, I should be dead. Right. Realistic. If, if you look at it, uh, my wife has said we're miracles. And I believe that wholeheartedly that, you know, both of us should not be here right now. We should just be another, another check in the book. Right. And I, I would do want to focus on that. It seems like, um, through your, through your story that, there has been good that's come out of it and and who daniel cable is today like how did you become the daniel cable that you are today (laughs) well again i I stated about 10 years ago i made that change on a monday and moving forward i i knew that i was working in the field of mental health at that time excuse me and i knew that i wanted to give back and i just kept pushing forward with that and uh, making the you know, networking with people and just presenting my vision like, hey, this is, you know, I made it. I just want to show others that it can be done. It's, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, it, it's low. Again, we, if we look at the data, statistics, the recovery rate is low, but there's always hope. And I believe that with every bit of me that one can change and I, and even if that data is right there in front of me i'm still going to say you can do it you can do it yeah and to your point it is a hard road there's no doubt about it uh you've had to make big changes in your life um i know you've mentioned your spouse um everybody goes through it a little differently yes and you mentioned uh, like AA and NA, all great organizations, the resources are. that are out there for people. Oh, yes. I mean, I like my, my wife, and she won't mind me saying this, she is in recovery too. And she did it the AA, NA way. I just did it without that. I used peer support. I used case management. I just used my own self-motivation to get me through. But yes, those resources are available to, to anyone in the community that is, is struggling in some way. And we also have the church. I know my church alone, they have regular groups, men's groups, women's groups, prayer groups. Like There are people out there, there are resources out there that you can utilize to make you a healthier human being and give you the support that you need to find happiness, to find hope. Yeah, and I think it's extremely important, uh, even right here just in Dubois, a town of about 7,400 people. Uh, this happens. Uh, people need help. We have some great resources available right here. Oh, we do. Yeah, we have it. We have everything right here in our community. Uh, you know, it's, we have regular AA meetings. We have regular Al-Anon meetings. We have uh, NA. We have a, churches. <laughs> We have a host of churches in our sure community do. that you can utilize. And, you know, for those out there that maybe don't have a belief, it doesn't mean you can't walk into a church. It, it really doesn't. I mean, there, there's still people there that are going to give you the support that you need. You don't necessarily have to be 
I consider myself a Christian, but you don't necessarily have to be a born again Christian to walk into a church and say, can you help me? No, I agree with that statement. I think it gets missed often, but the doors are certainly open to anyone who needs to walk in and seek some help. So maybe we can switch gears here for a moment. I want to talk about while we have this reality in our community, what would you say to uh, somebody who's struggling right now as they're listening to this show? Like, what would Daniel Cable's advice be to them? <laughs> what would I say if they're struggling? Well, again, one, utilize the resources that are available to you in the community, whether that be NA, AA, Al-Anon, church, peer support, case management, family, friend, utilize those resources that would be my number one and i think too we get so we get so caught up for me and and others it's about getting caught up in your emotions and and not really having feeling that we have control over the lives that we're living and realistically we do we have the power to make the choices that we want to make to create the life that we want and to create greatness to be great, like I will say that, I say that often on, you know, throughout life on my Facebook, like be great, create that life that you want. Like you, you get one shot here, make the most of it, be happy. There's, you know, I couldn't imagine going back to the misery that was once my life. It's, it's non-existent at this point. Even with the trials I faced this year, I faced, various professional struggles this year but i could not imagine going down to the the state store or the local bar and picking up a drink again and 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 feeling that that in any way would resolve the issues i have amazing people in my life these days i have three beautiful children i have a granddaughter who inspire me i have my wife who has numerous occasions this year listened to me, provided me with feedback. Again, it's having these people in your life and, and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be transparent. That's how things get resolved. You can't continue to put on this facade and, and, and make people feel that everything's okay. If you're hurting, let someone know that you're hurting because it often doesn't end in a good, in a good way. Yes, and with that, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll uh, finish up uh, our great interview. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi, folks. Are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services. We provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Having a very important uh, deep discussion with uh, my friend Daniel Cable, who is a mental health advocate and a survivor. Daniel, I want to talk about, we, we've heard 
a lot of things in this interview, but I would like to talk about like where Daniel Cable is today and what are you up to now? I, like I said earlier, good things have come out of this. Yes. It may have been very rough for you. There's no doubt life is sometimes very rough, but good things do come out of it. And you're using uh, your past and the things that you've learned uh, to help people. How are you doing that? Yes. Well, a few years ago, uh, I really stepped up everything as I w- was in a position professionally uh, to make the changes that I really wanted to make for our community. And I started uh, creating and hosting suicide awareness prevention events, wellness events in our community uh, where films would be viewed regarding uh, attempt survivors and also there would be a panel available to answer qu- that would answer questions from the audience. I've uh, worked with the Hope Squad at the high school. I've, I've spoken to the youth in our community. I've spoken to the adults in our community at various recovery events. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to our principal at Dubois Area High School, Chuck Pasternak. Uh, I met Chuck about two years ago. Uh, he was a last minute panelist for an event that I was hosting at Penn State. And I ended up emailing him the next morning. And he uh, reached out to me immediately, uh, told him what I would like to do in this community, in the schools, with the Hope Squad and so on, and he opened that door for me. So I I definitely uh, am grateful for the connection with Chuck over the years and allowing me to be an unofficial advisor for the Hope Squad, to have the host and create the various events that I've worked with the Hope Squad over the years, and uh, just to be able to speak in, in our community. Yeah, and absolutely. First, uh, Mr. Pasternak has been on this show, and I appreciate him coming on as well. I think uh, Hope Squad is something extremely special. Oh, it is. And it is a great peer-to-peer program, as I understand it, in the school district. We were one of the first school districts, I think, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to have it. We were. We're very fortunate to have it. Can you tell us just briefly a little bit about it from your perspective? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it gives, it presents the, the youth in the schools with someone that they can go to for support. And the, the peer doesn't necessarily give them the immediate support, but they can get them to the proper resources or the person that can give that individual who is struggling what they need. It's a wonderful program. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely uh, been an been supportive of peer support over the years. I mean, that was one of the things that helped me in my recovery significantly. So to have that in our high school now and in our middle school, it's wonderful. But there are kids struggling. I mean, it starts at a young age, these struggles, the mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. I mean, for myself, it started at a very young age. Right. You know, 11 years old, I knew something was off. Yeah, no, I uh, appreciate that insight into that. And just really quickly, we have about two minutes left, but I know you have some resources that you could share with us or give us your final thoughts on this interview. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, if, if you're struggling, there's always 911. We have the crisis text line, which is 741-741. We have our 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. We have our national lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And I, I guess I just want to say that 
as, as, as I've said throughout this interview, create the life that you want. Do not allow others and situations to dictate your life. You have the ability to make these choices, to be positive, to be happy. Utilize the resources in your community and, and, and be free. Absolutely, and you're proof uh, that it can happen. While bad things happen, you saw trouble, for sure, yes. with the law, but you were able to come back from it and not allow that to define who Daniel Cable is. Right. There's always, there's always the power of change. Power of change. Yeah, the power of change is extremely powerful and important. Sir, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. This thank you, is Michael. a very, very important issue in my mind. Uh, hopefully this show is helping uh, to bring awareness to it, but great programs like Hope Squad at the local school district and other programs throughout our community are here to help. If you do need help, you can always reach out to contact and we'll put you in touch with those who can be of service to you, including Daniel. Daniel, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you again, Michael. Have a wonderful day.